Isn't that cool? I love our new intro so much. Great intro, yeah. Thank you. Uh, shout out to actually Killer Visuals, the folks we worked with on our rebranding for providing me the assets in order to be able to do that. Um, it's awesome. Thank you very much. And so thank you as well. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our uh, Puget Systems Podcast live Q&A show. Uh, this week, we have our tech support manager, Ben Nelson here with us today oh there we go uh thank you ben for taking time out of the day i know i'm sure as a manager you're quite busy so i appreciate what fitness in um to start off like go ahead and give yourself a little intro tell us what you do and all that jazz sure well thank you for the intro so far but yeah my name is ben nelson uh, I'm the technical support manager for Puget Systems, uh, meaning that I'm in, responsible for all the tech support from our department, um, everything from the repair department and physical repairs to also, you know, remotely diagnosing, you know, issues in the field and managing the team that does that as well. So. Awesome. That's well, thank you. Cool. Um what what led you to be just we'll just to start off with some basic stuff. What led you to be to get you into the spot where you are now? Yeah. Um, how, how far back do we want to go? Um, I'd say um, a little bit. I'll go when I first. So I, I went to, to community college and, and, and Clark College down in Vancouver, Washington. Um, and then I, I finished out my degree in Western Washington University up in Bellingham. And I had studied business management um, and computer science. Oh, for, cool. the, for the most part. And I'd always just had like a tech interest and background, um, worked a bunch of kind of like oddball tech jobs, um, doing some programming work, working at Target Electronics, like just all over the part, doing a lot of retail stuff. Um, but when I graduated, um, I moved down to this area to be with my then girlfriend, now wife. Um, and so uh, the first job that I took actually after graduating was for a... Um, a mobile storefront manager. So for uh, Cricket Wireless, if you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was my first job. I, it was a definitely a, a, a journey and an experiment. I remember the one of the interview questions that I took was, how do you feel about like not having a lot of resources and just figuring things out? And that's 100% what it was. It was, uh, it was a journey, a lot to learn and figure out. Um, but I enjoyed it, you know. Phones is definitely not the same time a type of tech that you know I do here, but oh, sure. uh, having that background is always good. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, then I kind of uh, I I wasn't really getting the help and support that I needed in that role, um, and you know a lot of long hours kind of by myself. I had to hire everyone for that store, um, a lot of like sixty hour plus weeks, and Yikes. just not a lot of satisfaction out of that. And so mm -hmm. um, I got recruited by a car rental company. Um, and it was definitely a steer away from tech, but I was like, okay, this is different. I'll, I'll try this. Yeah. Um, they had a great, you know, organizational like movement, um, their, uh, their management program, like they bring you in as kind of a manager in training and then they, they kind of build you up for that. Oh, cool. um, they had a lot of promising aspects and the structure that I wasn't getting at the, the, the phone wireless store. And so I saw that structure and I was just immediately pulled into it. Um, but one thing that was evident early on was that job was a grind. Um, oh. And the biggest grind in that was uh, kind of selling insurance and like upgrades to people through rental mm -hmm. cars, which makes sense. I mean, that's, you know, what they do, but um, that, that grind was, yeah, kind of, it, it was a lot and it wasn't really what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, so then I just got lucky, looked, uh, looked at indeed, wanted to get back into the tech sector after, you know, mostly doing kind of sales and, you know, car rental stuff for, for about a year, um, and lucked out and found Puget systems. Um, and yes, we'll never, we'll never, I mean, I'll definitely look back and learn from the jobs that I've had in the past, but I'm very happy. Um, I'm now going on, I'll hit four years here in June with Puget systems. So, wow, right on. um, I'm very happy, but I will say, you know, just to, for whoever's watching or listening that um, like 
don't settle, like make sure that you're satisfied in what you're doing. And if you're not having, you know, that passion or not feeling fulfilled every day, then, you know, be comfortable moving around. It could take a little while, but once you find a company that, you know, truly makes you happy, it'll be totally worth it. So. I totally agree. I, yeah. Um, and if you're stuck in something you don't like, you can try and spend some of your free time, like either improving yourself or wiggling your way into those different communities and stuff for yeah. the things that you do like to do. That's, that's, that's really good advice. Uh, so you kind of had some, some questions that you gave to me and I, I'll, we'll go, we'll start going down on that. Um, Cause since you're the tech support manager and a lot of times people don't often um, get to peek kind of behind that curtain in the same way that we had Jared on a couple of weeks uh, before he gave a lot of good insight into how the sales process works, the mentality of our consultants um, and, and just kind of the benefit to all of that. And so that's kind of what we're going to cover a little bit here too is um, cause I feel like that, our, our 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 consultants at the beginning and and our aftercare the the support are huge parts of what you are really paying for when it comes to Puget Systems, because um, you know it comes up all the time. Oh, I could I could build that for half the price, and people don't realize what they're really paying for. It's not just the yeah. parts. It's it's the the ahead of time. It's all the testing and all the knowledge and things that we have done to offer a product that is worthwhile, but then also the after, the support mm -hmm. when something does go wrong. And so let, let's talk about that a little bit. Kind of what's what's the process, I suppose? Like, okay, something's wrong and... And then they find their way to, to contact us as a whole. But no, you're totally right on like a lot of the times, you know, our the product or what we provide, like sometimes that can just embody like just the system, but mm -hmm. that's totally not what our product is. Our product is everything from the top down from all the work that happens in marketing to prepare what hardware we want to put in the system to the consulting process to then getting that hardware and then everything past that life of the hardware too for, for dealing with support. So our product is that entire thing, not just the system. And so, so sometimes that gets a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if, if there are problems, like that's what, that's why we have a technical support uh, department for it's not just here's the system good luck figure things out you know we ran all these benchmarks and reports and this is the hardware that you need but you know now it's up to you to figure out no not at all we're we're still here to help out um and it's our service team as a whole i know even consulting even though their their role isn't technical support they you know they care about you know uh what the end user is doing too and, and making sure that their system is running correctly so um, it is like the entire service team, but they're, we're always only an email or a call away. Mm -hmm. Um, we do work off of, as most kind of tech support departments do a ticket queue. Um, and so, um, yeah, we pride ourselves in how quickly we can get back, uh, to, to our requests. Uh, I know probably several of you have, you know, reached out to, for a support ticket and some, some, something or another and not had a response back within like 24 hours. Or when you mm -hmm. do get a response back, it's like, Hey, thanks for your submission. Um, we hear you. We'll reach back out within you know X amount of hours to help out. Um, yeah. No, we actually we're 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 pretty unique in that we have either an hour callback window in the event that we're not able to take a call during our business hours, um, or a three hour window for emails that come in. We we like we pride ourselves wow. on getting back to you um, before then, and we're really good at it. Yeah, that's cool. Because usually, yeah, at least the email is usually 24 hours. Like I expect yeah. at least the next day. So to hear that, wow, man, three hour turnaround, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, if it's anything like immediate, like systems down, not working, then it's a phone call away, you know, for immediate response and attention. So, yeah. Wow. That's cool. So, okay. Um, I know in the past, uh, so our, our support has definitely changed over the years. Um, I know from in the beginning for me, it was a lot more hardware focused, um, you know, whatever micro stutters from the graphics card or whatever. And it <laughs> seems um, it seems more now that the people expect a lot more of a software support from us. And how, so how, how have you handled that shift? Yeah, that's a, uh... 
that's a total like totally reasonable point too. Um, since we are experts, you know, and understand the software like workflow to be able to configure these systems, um, it's it's kind of expected almost that our technical support department has that same same knowledge. So we have evolved quite a bit, and to be able to accommodate that, um, it's. It is tough though. There are so many, you know, software applications, like one small, you know, update bug patch can come through to, to mess with all of that. Um, at the end of the day, we are like hardware experts and that's what we continue to like refine our like technical focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have a bunch of tools and resources to help grow like the knowledge for things like Premiere Pro, Photoshop, After Effects, all of our like recommended system line. Um, we work to like at least have a baseline understanding of that. So when a user calls in and says, hey, I'm having workflow issues, my uh, my, play- my pay- playback keeps dropping resolution all the time. Um, it's not like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Reseat your memory. It's, it's nothing like that. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we'll connect. We'll understand what's going on. Um, we'll definitely validate you know the hardware make sure that everything's healthy there mm-hmm. um and then we'll help as best as we can with the workflow and then we have tools to either you know transfer if we need to get like premiere pro involved like with adobe support um we also have workflow consultants that we can reach out to matt yeah. which i'm sure a lot of you know is, is great with fielding all of our questions honestly all the labs guys are uh whenever we have questions like for whatever they're they're their software um, specialty is we just reach out and they're always awesome and, and willing to help us out too. So oh, that's good. Right on. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess in a similar vein, we'll, we'll touch on um, I kind of what separates our support from others, I suppose. Cause I, I, I think particularly there was one customer, a review that we had uh, right at the very end was how they tell all their friends that, um, if you want like an Apple Care level, but better. And that I think is pretty high praise. Yeah, it's we are very fortunate and kind of lucky that we're given the freedom to kind of do whatever we need to um, not just like correct the issue, but be able to just like provide a good experience in the process of it. So um, like, for example, let's say a system in the field, like they rely on Wi-Fi and they're having a major issue where that chip on that motherboard, like is faulty, not working. Um, you know, for them, they need to get their work done. They need to be able to like collaborate with their peers, share their project. Um, and maybe they don't have ethernet or they only have like a, you know, a, a limited resource with it, or they have to move their system all the time for it. Um, our understanding of that, we just want to get the user like to be able to complete their job and their workflow. So we'll send them like, you know, a lot of the time, like a USB network card or, or something cool. that they can use in the interim to be able to at least get online, collaborate, get their job through their project. Um, and then it's like, oh, hey, let's get down. And, you know, do you have time to troubleshoot now? Okay, let's get down to it. We can do some remote diagnostics now. We can get the system in for repair. Um, but our number one priority, like always in those senses, is just like, how can we get the end user to be able to like get their job done and so they're not you know losing money um and they're able to use their system as needed so it is kind of unique it's not just like hey let's focus on the problem and just correct the problem it's hey let's look at the the scenario as a whole and do what we can so that's pretty cool i like that i like i like that that's a good point the flexibility um you know each each management and the teams in general too are, are kind of given that flexibility to kind of just make it right without having to go through a lot of hoops and, and paperwork and stuff. That's that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so I've, I've been upstairs or here for the last year. Uh, I know that the team has grown uh, since I've had more direct contact. Uh, so a two-part question that I have, one, I guess, how many, how big is the team now? And two, um, does each team member like specialize in a particular workflow or like like do we have the linux guy or the premiere gal or whatever um or is it a little more like how does that work good questions um so first off we're a team total of eight people now um we do have some kind of flexible coverage too from like consultants that are cross-trained and support Mm -hmm. um so that's always awesome to get them down but we have eight kind of full staff um, support members, um, two or just under two, we have like two repair techs, but one of those repair techs kind of flexes back and forth with support quite a bit, depending on, um, the current like repair queue that we have. Mm -hmm. And then we have six like full-time support techs as well. So, 
Um, and then, so the specialty question, mm-hmm. um, yes and no. It used to be like a point of emphasis, especially when I first started, where um, it was like, hey, kind of pick a bucket and then refine, you know, that bucket of expertise. Um, and so that that was good in a sense. The the problem there that we ran into is if that person was tied up um, or moved to something else, then there was no redundancy in that specific matter. So um, we do try to, you know, overlap and get more people kind of refined in, in, a, in a bigger array of the different applications or, or workflow and Linux and everything. Um, that way we can kind of help cover each other. And we've had a better experience that way. So if there's not somebody like directly there to help with the, uh, you know, an Ubuntu install or something that we typically have someone else that at least have the foundational knowledge to, to get through that as well. So oh, nice. Okay. That's, that's smart. Cause yeah, I was, I was thinking like, man, if somebody's sick or whatever, yeah, like, exactly. Oh, sorry, we'll have to get back to you. So <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, so I don't want this to turn into a big tech support sort of talk, but um, there is a question from, from YouTube that's, kind of techie, but if we could just maybe get a quick suggestion on this one. Sure. Uh, Geronimo1810 asks, for some reason, the two USB ports on the front of my PC don't work. Nothing's disconnected. I looked inside of my PC, and I don't know if it's software or dead. So maybe front, just off-the-cuff suggestion. Front USB ports aren't working, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one thing, if you feel comfortable and can take a quick peek in inside your system, I would just look to see if that front panel connector is connected or if it wiggled loose, especially if the computer's been moved recently. Um, don't go like monkeying around, pulling a bunch of things or messing around too much in there, but just like a quick look. If you can get a flashlight in there, look for those uh, front panel USB connectors. Um, also, you know, it, do the, it sounds like the ones in the back, I'm assuming, are working properly. Um, so it, it, it could be hardware and it could be those front ports is where I would lean a little bit on starting. Right on. Um, how has the remote work been going for, for you in particular and then the team in general? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely had its challenges as like, you know, every company is, has gone through the past year and now mm-hmm. what, we just had our year reunion of all of this recently. So yeah. it's been a long time. We've definitely adapted and come a long way. Um, but it was a, it was a, you know, it's a struggle for everyone. It's especially a struggle, um, kind of for, for me and my, like the way I'd like to, to build a department. Mm-hmm. Um, I really value the in-person interaction, like being able to see people's body language, um, being able to have just like off the cuff discussions right after a phone call to be able to digest, um, especially in like a tech support role where a lot of people aren't calling under the best circumstances. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really nice to just have someone you can lean on and just say like, you know, Hey Ben, like that was a tough, you know, phone call. Um, mind if I talk to you about it, you know, we can, we can still do that remotely, but, um, it's, it's proven to be challenging. Um, but that given said, we've, we've done, or that being said, we've done a lot to kind of get where we are today. Um, luckily we have, you know, several tools. We use Slack for messaging where it's really Mm -hmm. easy to even do like a, a video call on Slack with people. We use zoom for meetings. Um, we rotate into the office here and there. We're still, you know, slowly, um, we're not, we're not dumping everybody back in. So, um, we're, we're still getting together. Uh, one of the, the luxuries I have is we all, um, are into video games. That's a common hobby for all of us. So nice. we're able to do, uh, we do every other Friday, we have a game night and we just all get together and just, you know, it's, it's a time for us to hang out outside of work. Um, you know, since we're losing a lot of that, just like in-person interaction. Yeah. Um, and although it's like the last thing you want to do after sitting on a computer all day for work is then get on it. But when you're playing games, it's a little bit different. So yeah, uh, we all enjoy right right now. Recently, we've been playing a game called Duck Game. Oh um, yeah, pretty, pretty funny. You shoot each other with little little guns as ducks, and then a zombie game called Killing Floor Two, which we've been into. So right on, that's great. Yeah, Duck Game is hilarious. I I think it's it looks a lot of fun. I've seen a few other people playing it, so it's great. It gives some belly laughs, that's for sure. <laughs> Especially when you pick on your uh, your coworkers for it too. It's it's, it's a joy. Oh, that's great. Uh, oh, I had a. Um, I was thinking um, about the remote. Oh, you mentioned that people are calling in. It's not always the best day. Um, oftentimes, coming from a technical background, those sort of uh, high energy human interactions can be really like 
anxiety like inducing at least like for someone like me it it was very tough to be in a telephone tech support position i get real hyped up um how do you guys how do you guys handle that the like i suppose training into that um like de-escalation things like that and, and handling those sort of angry overwhelming emotional calls yeah a lot of it is is empathy and understanding is the biggest thing you know everyone comes from a different path walks in different shoes so uh, maybe the person that just called in they have a deadline where a project is due the next day and they're stressed out and they could be taking that out a little bit on us too but if we understand and are able to kind of you know see where they're coming from a little bit that makes it easier and for us not to get offended and be able to you know realize that hey this this person's just in a tight scenario um like let's do what we can to help them out, but they're not trying to just be rude or, or vulgar against us. Um, right. It's just where they're at right now. And that really helps just getting off and starting like on that foot really sets us a, as an advantage. So do you have any particular like resources you did you as a manager turn to, to handle or to train um, the others to kind of better handle those situations? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question too. Um, there's some, you know, there's a lot of like online learning things. Like we do Linda trainings on that here and there. Um, some of it is a little bit, I will say trial by fire, uh, of like once you experience it and then, Hey, let's, let's debrief and talk about it and learn from it. Um, that's, that's actually a pretty effective way when you're, when we were able to all be in the office too, as we were kind of training people, it's a lot easier to pick up on those conversations. You can kind of see when, you know, maybe a text getting rattled a little bit, um, so it's, it's a lot easier when you're in person as well, but, um, luckily uh, all of us had a decent amount of experience before going full-time remote where, mm. um, we had already kind of worked in a lot of that training, but yeah, I'd say the best resources is, is kind of do it and then, um, digest and make sure you learn from it. Like, don't just, you know, end the conversation with, wow, that went horrible. I don't know what to do when that <laughs> happens again. It's <laughs> talk about it and figure it out. So. Right on. That's cool. Um, this might be getting a little into too much detail, but I'm curious, do we, um, do you guys like kind of go over previous calls or like either recording or, or just through the notes, like um, just sort of a review every once in a while of, of either particularly tough ones or just at random? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one thing that I make a priority is every Monday we meet and Monday is our busiest day. So it's like, it takes a lot to take time away from our Monday, but it's, it's so important that we are able to kind of digest tickets a little mm-hmm. bit all together as a group. Um, so we actually take an hour on Monday to talk about tickets like that. We also talk like if we're stuck on a particular ticket, like that's our time. Hey, we're all together in the same, you know, virtual environment over zoom. Now um, let's talk about the ticket. What can we do? You know, other suggestions, sometimes, you know, you just need someone else's input. Um, but that's also the time too to share like, Oh man, this was a really tough phone call. This is the route that I went. It didn't go so well. So we went this route, you know, so we can, we can definitely digest and talk about those scenarios. Um, and we do that every Monday. So right on. Well, that's cool. That's good to know. Um, I always like to know a, uh, a particularly challenging issue. And, and I, I, I ask about this from in a lot of different workflows that, that was just incredibly challenging, but also like that gave you that sense of pride and satisfaction for having completed it for doing it and like, yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I will say the best, like the yeah feeling that, that encouragement feeling that, that I get is it could be, it could honestly be like a trivial issue, but mm-hmm. it's like the, whatever the client's reaction is, if that gets extended from them. So let's say it's something super silly, like, Hey, you have an external drive plugged into your system. That's causing, you know, all the loss of time while you're working or, or whatever the case is. Um, but if we help like diagnose and like prove that that's the factor and they just become so giddy with joy and just so thankful, like those are the ones that are, are pretty satisfying. So kind of their, um, they're kind of like branching off of them or like feeding off of their energy a lot. Um, but like to tack onto that, when it is a workflow issue, that's like a major hindrance to their job. Mm-hmm. Um, like just as much as like providing a solution to improve their workflow, if they get the system and it's like not improving their workflow because of a technical issue, um, we get the opportunity, you know, to still make up for that and and help figure that out. And so they, they actually get like the, the investment that they were hoping to get from that system. And so they're, they're typically pretty giddy for that. I mean, most people are, are happy if they're able to get more, 
money or return from their their computers so sure sure uh i'm i'm curious about any sort of maybe interesting uh or kind of like the weirder issues maybe that we've either either from from repair because sometimes you know oh there's a waffle in the cd drive or uh, <laughs> or or over the phone uh there's got to be it's because when it's yeah, when, you're, we, when you have customers it's always there's always something we've got some fun ones i remember one coming in the inbox it's like oh no you know support my cat ate my antenna again like it's not again? the first time it's happened it was like the again <laughs> statement but that's pretty funny um we've had someone ship us a computer in for repair that we were troubleshooting for a long time that wasn't even our computer and then so that was kind of entertaining as we unbox it and we're like wait a minute this is you know like one of our competitors like we so we ended up just kind of shipping it back it's a little funny like uh uh-oh but yeah some of the one of probably a ticket that will always stick out for me that I was like very much invested in. It was early on um, when I started working in support was I was, I was working with this um, video game music production um, gentleman and he had work. He was like the lead um, audio production for like all the Batman arcane games, like arcane asylum and all of those Um, did stuff like fear as well. Um, But it was, it was really awesome because I, you know, popped on a remote session, worked with him, on and off for about a remote or about a month. Um, and on and off that can definitely vary quite a bit. You know, it depends totally on whatever, whenever they have time to troubleshoot. So they're in the middle of, you know, producing content right. um, or in this case, like, you know, audio. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just awesome and really inspiring to see just how much like passion that um, this gentleman like put into all of his work. And, you know, that it definitely, you know, fed into like all of our interactions and it was great. Um, and I do remember the outcome, like we spent about a month working through it, but it happened to be, it was a software issue related to the the audio service that he was working. But I remember like yeah. finding out and he was like, he was very apologetic, like, you know, I, I spent so much of your time, like, thank you so much. And I was like, like, don't worry about it. I learned so much in this experience. I honestly had a lot of fun. Um, and I'll like never forget this one too. So it was, it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. I, I have similar when I see, cause I'm in the social media stuff. Um, it, and I have to keep, I often have to keep quiet about it because, you know, you can't talk about customers and stuff, but I guess, I guess like, oh, we, we helped that person. Yeah. And that's so cool. Uh, that is really, really neat. Uh, I like. Uh, it's inspiring. You're like, you feel like you are making a difference, you know, a lot of the time, even if it's just providing technical support, but you're, you are making a difference for a lot of like what the creators with our systems and you put that, you put these systems in the right people's hands and they can do amazing things with them. And so it's yeah. always eye opening to see that. I always, always fascinated by the, the things people are doing with the, with the tools that we make for them. It, it is always mind blowing. <laughs> What what is the most common technical problem that we get? Oh, one of the most common ones. Is it printers? Um, it's always wireless printers, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Printers are like a swear word. Um, sometimes networking can be like pretty pretty frustrating as well. But one of the most common issues I would say is like something as simple as like kind of no display coming out of a monitor. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, this happens quite a bit on new systems too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, customer sets their system up, gets everything all, all set and comfy, ready to go, uh, plugs in their monitor and not getting anything. And a lot of the time, that complaint looks like my computer doesn't work or, you know, it's, it's not super descriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, not having a display or image means your computer doesn't work at the same time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a pretty common one. Um, if it is a new system, typically that means the end user is like plugged on t- into the motherboard or onboard video versus the wow. video card um, if there's a discrete video card most of the time it needs to be plugged in there but um, so that, that's a that's a pretty common one and it you know the the orientation of our systems it's more convenient to plug into the motherboard since it's kind of up higher on most systems so oh, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of end users you know it's like you know it's, it's just the easiest way for them to plug in and so that, that happens quite a bit yeah Right on. Um, actually, you, you kind of mentioned something um, that I, in the past that I've I've had trouble with. How do you c- customer calls up? Well, kind of like it's 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 getting the like how do you 
go about getting the right information out of the customer? Because oftentimes, like you said, they'll call up or the email will just say, my computer doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or oftentimes the, the problem that the, that the customer has isn't really the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so how can you describe how you guys go about getting the, the right thing from them so you guys can get further along that path? Absolutely. It gets a lot easier over time. Like the more you do it, the more you can kind of pick up um, like phrases that you'll hear and can kind of tie those together as you kind of match it with what hardware that's being, you know, asked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like is like the uh, it's called like the kiss method, but keep it simple, stupid, you know, just like the very, you know, start very simple um, and just ask like, you know, typical like environmental questions, like what all do you have plugged in? Um, where is this plugged in? You know, can I get a video of, of the noise or a picture of the noise? Just start really basic uh, and work out from there. Like a lot of the times too, we'll get like a very complex issue where a user will, will reach out with like 10 lines of things that they've already tried and like, you know, attached reports, expel, uh, Excel spreadsheets of like all, you know, the symptoms come up, wow. like what time they are, um, which are great and very yeah. helpful for patients. So for any users listening out there, don't stop sending that information. But um, a lot of the times it's just starting just very simple and yeah. just, you know, like, what do you have plugged in? You know, what are your monitor settings? What? yeah, good. Go start from the basic and work your way up, honestly. Right on. Um, I suppose, I suppose we could touch on current issues. Like, what do you, what are you guys dealing with nowadays? Anything uh, in particular that you want to point out to or? Yeah, I will say just like generalizing things. It is pretty tough to just keep up with a rapid change in hardware all the time, especially like where we're at with supply. Um, And we are, we are trying to like, you know, confine like our offerings and really like cater to, uh, you know, the the specific platforms that we want to carry, but supply Mm -hmm. doesn't, really follow those rules and if we can't get something then we need to certify you know another part or substitute part for that um and so it kind of forces us to gain the knowledge of like all these backup components as well as the same time so um yeah i could say that that that's pretty tough especially in a time like now where we're, there's so many shortages out there um where we're just like okay what can we get our hands on okay let's learn about that product and there's so many niche things you know so many every different motherboard that you have there's going to be something specific about it that will be different from the next so yeah i would just say like we've really had to scatter um and be comfortable just learning new things quickly and learning about new parts a lot quicker than we have in the past yeah yeah that's cool that's cool is there is there um two things first off flow i see your question we'll get to that in just a sec um is there a particular software now, or actually, let me rephrase this. I imagine just because we sell to particular uh, industries that Adobe is probably the whatever Adobe product is probably the most common, like, hey, my thing is my Adobe product isn't working. Um, but I feel like that's more just because that's a product of how many we sell. But yeah. is there one in particular that is that seems to be incredibly problematic? <laughs> Not to pick on anybody, uh, but uh, you know, sometimes. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, it's it's tough without throwing the the biases of how many systems that we put into the creative market because that's right. you know a huge chunk of our business. So, um, yeah, it still would probably be the Adobe suite. There, you know, there's there's just a lot of bugs with releases and a lot of you know it's it's kind of getting the what I call is like the holy trinity of like communication with like NVIDIA drivers, mm-hmm. uh, whatever Adobe version it is, and then whatever like Windows update, you know, and version you're on. If you can get those three mm-hmm. happy and stable, like good, keep that environment for as long good as touch. you can. A lot of the time something's changing and it's going to push it out of whack. So sure. But yeah, I, I'd probably say, well, yeah, maybe Premiere Pro. Yeah. So. Which makes sense. They've been, they've, they've been, updating a lot in premiere and, and in after effects as well especially when it comes to like gpu related tasks and things yeah. um and i mean you start inter- introducing new functionalities and stuff you're gonna get weird interactions between things so it makes sense um 
I think so. I, w- I do want to touch on Flo's question here. Um, they say uh, the monitor signal that we were talking about before reminded reminded me. Is there a way? Uh, how to fix no BIOS screen. I can't get BIOS on my monitor. Windows works fine, but BIOS is nowhere to find. I've hooked up three monitors. It was on monitor three. I can't get it on my main monitor. Mm, for the, can't get the BIOS on the main monitor, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, so if it's a newer video card, it'll have like a, a an orientation for which, which port it'll send signal for. And most of the time, those are like goes left to right. So if you want the BIOS on your main monitor, if you can plug that into the far left port, typically, um, you might be able to get there. If you do have onboard um, video enabled, the BIOS might be going out on that monitor too. So you can try either disabling onboard video um, or plugging your main monitor into onboard video, which would probably better do the first action. Hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. And when you say furthest left, that's going to be closest to the, here, let me, because I have. So if you're looking at a computer from uh, the back, uh, typically a lot of the times they're labeled too. So they might be labeled one, two, three, four, maybe. Towards towards this bracket side, do you mean to the left? Yeah, so that looks like is that a ten series card? Oh, it's a Titan. It is. It, it's a yeah. I think it's a Maxwell Titan. It's a ten okay. from the ten series. It's dead. It's that one, illustrative purposes only. Yeah, I mean you'll end up flipping that around. Um, but in that one, the orientation will likely be at least for the digital ports. It'll go HDMI then DisplayPort. Looks like or oh, is that so yeah, HDMI then DisplayPort. Oh, so one. Yeah, that Two. one's a little tricky, not the greatest example, but okay. like, a, uh, like a typical, like 30 series cards are pretty known for this too. Like they, they'll orientate left to right from installed on the back. So okay. They might, also they might dif- differ to between, between models, but I'd say typically left to right. Right. And I do think you're right though. They are often numbered. Like there'll be like a tiny little number stamped near each one. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Torstein Sandal asks Linux or Windows as a main preference. Uh, yeah, um, still Windows as my my personal preference. Um, but man, there's so much opportunity with Linux, uh, especially for our department. It's mm-hmm. so easy, like it and unrestrictive to just test hardware and get information out of hardware. That's a lot easier to you know, get a desired output and you don't have to worry about all these services running with windows and like, it's, it's just easier. Um, so I'm definitely trying to increase my, my Linux expertise, but as of now, um, yeah, primarily on windows. Um, and so is our department and in our company as a whole, I would say we're, we're, we're pretty like most of our stuff is through windows, but there's so much opportunity with Linux. And so we just need to continue to grow in that. Honestly. Yeah. Do you have a, a particular flavor I know you guys just recently put out to taste the rainbow, the Ubuntu rainbow article. We did. That was a, that was a great article. So shout out. <laughs> it's actually really uh, good. Uh, ben, ben Bonin in our department. Um, but I would, yeah, I mean, I've, I've typically done the most, most work in uh, Ubuntu. So that's probably what I'd reside on. Yeah. At least what I, what I do. That's fair. Yeah. Right on. Let's see. Um, well, I guess we kind of we may have kind of touched on this a little bit. I'm just drawing from from your little framework here. What what's the toughest part about uh, being in tech support? Yeah, um, probably just not being able like if an issue is out of our control, like those are tough situations to to deal with. So let let's say it is you know a bug. We'll you we'll pick on Premiere Pro today. Let's say it is a bug with Premiere Pro. Um, like we can only you know push so far you know we can there's a lot that we can still do to help out you know we can recommend you know rolling back in video drivers rolling back premiere pro versions um trying a different environment you know new new os profile like there's there's a lot that we can do but at the end of the day if like we if there is like a significant bug or something that we can't move past um it's tough to deal with because we we kind of have to like pass off to adobe or sometimes even microsoft um and so not being able to like be the one to provide that solution is tough like we understand and and we're like acceptive of it because we can only go so far 
Um, we are experts in the hardware, and that that means we can't capture you know every single. We're not developers or software engineers for Adobe, right. unfortunately. But um, we we try our best, but sometimes like we don't have those solutions. So those are always kind of tough to explain and and say you know we're gonna have to kind of pass you and and do a, a handoff with another company. Mm. Do we, um, so when that occurs, do we have a relationship like, and I suppose in particular with Adobe, since that's our biggest, you know, um, do we have this sort of relationship where like, they don't have to wait on hold for an hour and a half. They're not calling out some, some remote support place or whatever. Like, do we have that sort of relationship where we can, we can hand them off to the, to the Adobe, to the Microsoft and have them, not have to go through all the, like the basic stuff and all that, or is it just like, sorry, here you go. And yeah, it's, it's always been tr- tough. I will say Adobe's response times have seemed quite a bit better from the interactions that I've had recently with, with, um, with our end users. Um, but the relationships that we've developed here are with a lot of like senior engineers and stuff. And so they're not mm. like really the tech support relationships on a lot of those um if it's, if it's like a trending issue or something that needs to be escalated to the top we have that um connection but um typically for like workflow um and even kind of minor bugs per se we we do have to go through the the general channels mm-hmm. it's a relationship that we've been you know continuing to build and explore other things that's also led us to what we do for like workflow consultants and what a mm-hmm. workflow consultant for us is is um like a third party like uninterested you know, they have nothing, they're, they're not part of Puget systems, mm. uh, but they're like experts in those software programs. So uh, like we have somebody who's great in Premiere Pro that we l- rely on a lot. And so we can even just say, you know, hey, so-and-so, are you dealing with the same issue that, you know, our client is? Um, do you have any suggestions? Um, can we get on a remote session like the three of us together and try to hash this out? So nice. we do have other, you know, means, but um, no direct handoffs for, for kind of tech support for the most part. All right, that, that's cool. I mean, I mean, when you start dealing with the big, big guys like that, it's I imagine it's hard to to get in there. You know, you, they are they got millions of customers. They got probably hundreds of thousands of tech support people. They're like Puget Systems, who? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm just see if there's anything in the chat real fast. Um. I guess we kind of we kind of touched on this a little bit, but we have a few minutes. I think we could get this all in. Um, you you had mentioned uh, the top five issues you see in support. We kind of asked for the most common one, but like, what else do you guys see, and, and what what are the the easy fixes that you guys tend to see? Easy fixes, or, yeah. You know, so, top five, or or you know. So we went over, yeah, like the no video output on the system um, one. That one's fairly common. So making sure that that's plugged in correctly. Um, making sure the input on your monitor it's very kind of silly too but just changing the input cycle it through sometimes they're not always um as smart of a monitor as you'd like them to be and then trying new cables too on those type of issues so like swap it out it's surprising but cables can fail uh and they indeed fail even if it's just like a signal wire or if it's like an hdmi hdmi cable but it's not passing audio through like it's probably got a bad cable. So it's more common than you would think. Um, Just swap out the cable too when you're not getting proper output. Another fairly common issue is window or like waking your system from sleep, specifically in Windows. Hmm. That's a, a very popular one. I think um, one of our busiest articles that we have um, like talks about this too, and it's amazing. It always blows my mind when I check and see how much traction it gets. Um, I think it's either like a hybrid sleep one or um, like a waking like like it has to do with sleep though, and it's very popular. Uh, yeah, but yeah uh, that's a fair. That's a very common issue. Titled Windows 10 Sleep Issues. We put that out January 29th of this yeah, year. Maybe it was an update, but yeah, yeah. We, uh, we refined one because we had we had an older article, but it was just seeing so much traction and helping a lot of people. So I think we just kind of refined it a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for those sleep issues, like the first thing that I'd recommend would just be um, again start simple. Uh, check all peripherals. See if you have like an external device that's that's not allowing your system to either go to sleep or wake up from sleep. 
um, like powered like external USB drives. Um, mm-hmm. If you have like ports on your monitor, like USB ports, Thunderbolt Thunderbolt ports on your monitor where there's devices connected, those could be contributing to it. Um, so yeah, first start with environmental stuff, peripherals. Um, then hybrid sleep is a pretty common um, like setting within Windows to check. Okay. Uh, hybrid sleep is just a combination of hibernation and sleep. It writes um, some of the information that you're working on. So if you have open applications or documents um, and you put your system to sleep, it'll write some to memory um, and then other to the, the the drive that you're using too. So sometimes, I mean, the, the idea of it is great. It's like, you know, a quick resume, you know, for what the stuff that you want to be working on is, but it mm. can't cause problems too. So disabling that is, uh, uh, is a good thing. Um, Running your system in a clean boot also for, mm. for if you're having issues waking up um, from sleep, just trying a clean boot is essentially just like a, a, a minimal environment. It has all like n- the non-essential services that run as well as like programs and applications. Um, you disable all of those and just say, okay, this is kind of like a, a base ver- version of Windows here with all all of my, my programs disabled um, and seeing if you can reproduce there because it could be like a background application contributing to what's going on. Sure, sure. And then just check kind of your um, end device manager to see, um, you know, first off, do you have any like splats or issues with USB devices that are showing up? Uh, and then making sure that they are set to like wake the monitor too. Kind of good suggestions for those. Yeah, right on. Um, more, more issues. Um, a lot of uh, like Wi Fi, Bluetooth related issues, either. Mm-hmm. Um, poor signal or just like disconnecting out of the blue. That seems to be a pretty common one too. Yeah. Um, so the number one thing to do to, f- to check first is uh, make sure the wireless antenna is plugged in. Um, yeah. yeah. It can be tricky, you know, especially if you're coming from like, um, you know, a MacBook or, you know, another laptop where there's not like an obvious antenna showing cause that's, that's built on a chip on the, on the, on your laptop. So it's not going to be visible. And so um, right. making sure that that antenna is plugged in. I noticed at the beginning when you talked about the intro um, and killer visual visual studios, we're actually mm-hmm. working with them on a quick start guide. And one of the big things with that is going to be like, Hey, take out your, uh, take out your Wi-Fi antenna, make sure that's plugged in. So oh, that'll uh, be great. Yeah. Surprisingly, that's, that's a big one. And, you know, again, you can't really like, like blame our clients too, when they're getting these new systems, like oh, the no. Wi-Fi antennas in a separate box, like yeah. they have their system working, everything's going just fine. You'll still get a signal and everything that's very like, small, <laughs> but without that antenna to amplify it. Yeah. There's not there, You're going to get a lot of disruptions. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Um, and then making sure, you know, wherever you put that antenna that there's, if you can avoid like a lot of line of sight intrusions. So hmm. um, I typically recommend just a lot of ours are magnetic now. So you can kind of stick them on top of your case. That's typically the best spot for it. Um, that'll help as long as it's not like tucked away in a corner. If you have like your system in a cubby or something like that, uh, most of the time line of sight's okay, but something to check as well. Yeah. Um, and then for Bluetooth specifically, like clear power to your system. So uh, mm. shut, the, shut everything down, unplug the power, click that power button a couple of times to, to clear all residual power. But that surprisingly, um, if there is an issue with like the Bluetooth chip that isn't like getting reset after restarts on your on your system, that clears mm. it up. And surprisingly, that clears it up a lot. So huh. always good. And then I'd say just typical driver play where you, you know, uninstall drivers, um, look at, you know, the latest for the manufacturer, uh, see if there's anything in the Windows kernel that might be able to make it work. So mm-hmm. how often as a as a tech support boss, how often would you recommend someone reinstall Windows fresh? Yeah, that's really tough. It really depends on the end user. Um, like me personally, like as a work computer, um, and you know, I also you know I also game and do some projects on here. I do about once a quarter. Uh, oh wow! But yeah, that might be kind of my own preferences too. And you know, I'll try new things. I'll try like you know old Windows updates, new Windows updates, uh, pre-release stuff. So I do quite a bit, but it really depends on the end user and how much like time, like maybe in between projects, if they've been having like a nagging issue or error, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a good time, you know, if they have everything backed up um, to do a reinstall there. There's also a lot more tools than just doing a reinstall. You can do um, like a Windows reset, which keeps all your files, which is a good good option. Um, so that helps. That builds mm-hmm. kind of the core of Windows without having to go through the entire entire installation process. So that's, yeah. that's a good idea. There's also tools that you can download that do... Um, like an in-place update or like it's, it's Microsoft's update tool, but it's from um, like a specific download and not something that's like built into your current Windows update system on your on your computer. So that's a nice tool as well. So there's options, but um, it's, it's up to the user, honestly, and how comfortable and how much time they have, honestly. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, I, I knew that one would kind of be contentious in a way everybody's got their own answer you know um actually flow has another question um or a comment i suppose um they say i've heard some issues with the new amd 5000 series cpus i don't know how much of it is true but have you encountered uh in, with some yeah that's a good question too um we're learning you know there are some kind of quirks that have come up here and there we're seeing some trending articles right now too on mm. usb issues yeah that's what sort of with those processors. So um, right now we don't have like a a solidified trend or anything in in support. We're like, we've we've been reading the articles and staying tuned. And so we're like on the lookout for it. But Mm -hmm. um, so far we haven't, haven't dealt with that. Um, We did have specifically on 16 core um, AMD, like a lot of the Ryzen stuff, the last, man, this has affected, I think the last like two generations. Um, We had a trending issue where, just at like a low kind of power state or when the system was idle, we were dealing with a lot of restarts um, or even just direct power offs at that state. And that ended up being a, a BIOS update. So uh, some voltage changes and tweaks with that that latest like BIOS update fixed those issues. So would this we, be the, have a support article on that. The AMD check exception X570? Yes, that's okay. the one, the, the cache hierarchy one. Yeah. Throw that out there. So yeah, we're keeping an eye. We're hoping that the USB one isn't a isn't a trend. We haven't seen it yet, but we're like, ex- you know, we never know what to expect in tech support. So you're just bracing yourself and are ready to, you know, adapt as you can. That's cool. Where where, where do you guys keep an eye for for stuff like that? Yeah, all honestly all over. One one nice thing is like our company is very interactive over all of our Slack channels, so mm-hmm. we don't even have to be the ones to directly keep an eye. I want to say it was even Jared that shared the or he shared one of the articles about the the USB and the 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 AMD CPU issues. So, yeah, we have like eyes out all over the company without even like planning any seeds in anyone. We just kind of get the intel, but we do have um, uh, one of the one of the members in support. Chad does a lot of our article writing, um, and he mm-hmm. spent some time looking at like he's, he just dedicates like blocked out time. Like, hey, let me look at what's kind of trending around, um, seeing if we have any support tickets on this. Is this going to be helpful for me to write? So he's he like dedicates his time. Also, with feedback from clients. Sometimes, unfortunately, they're the guinea pigs and brings it to us. Um, yeah. So, of course, we're a little bit more reactive at that point, and we're not like directly on top of it if we're not the ones that discovered it. But um, they bring good intel regardless, and then we can, you know, quickly adapt and work out some fixes. So, yeah. Um, have there ever been a time where we knew something was was going on and? Um, like we were able to kind of like proactively keep it from ruining anybody's day. Uh, I can't think of any particular thing that comes to mind where we may have been, I suppose like in a sense, like the specter meltdown stuff or anything where yeah, definitely we knew. That, that was a big one. We definitely pushed that out um, through all of our newsletters. Um, um, yeah. We do have the capability to like, you know, search all like, sold systems with X hardware or whatever and reach out when we need to, if we see something like that come up, Um, there hasn't been, you know, the direct opportunity to, uh, we can, we can like post articles and try to get those in front of people as best we can. And that typically seems to be uh, effective. So we can reach out and just say, Hey, we found a fish, the fix for this in case this is affecting you. Um, Go ahead and just follow the steps in this guide and reach out, you know, if you need anything in the process. So can't think of a direct request recently, probably specter meltdown was the closest. Yeah. Okay, right on. Um, Flo has another great question. Thank you, Flo. Uh, any thoughts on the upcoming 11th gen Intel? Um, not much. Oh. That's well, I just don't know how much we can say. 
Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm not sure what when when all that is. Uh... <laughs> not much that's trickled down to support. Pretty much, one thing that I'll say is the the tech support manager is I wait for things to get qualified and then kind of push my direction and then I read up on it. Um, for a lot of it, it's you know as tough as it is to like stay ahead on tech and all the changes. Um, it it just takes a lot of time. So we have great people, you know, that are that are part of our product team. Um, that educate us, you know, as these products are coming out. And so that's what I kind of wait for. So honestly, I'm, I don't know too much um, on my end. Anyway, so. Okay. Uh, that, uh, I just, I have to remember, Oh, I'm always yeah. caught in the weird position of like, did, was that from John from somebody at Intel? Like, can I say, and <laughs> yeah, I always get, I always very, very, very careful. Um, I'm curious. What, what are you most excited about? coming in the future not just in like the tech support space but just in in general in all of what we dabble in and all that stuff yeah there is a ton to be excited for um probably closest to me and what's gonna like improve a lot of like my day-to-day is just as we continue to adapt and as you know the world changes with what's going on with covid i'm excited Mm -hmm. to see how puget adapts with that um you know, like I was saying earlier, how much to see like in-person and face-to-face communication. A lot of that goes back to um, a lot of the sports that I've played to in the past on just having that like team camaraderie. Um, yeah. and you, you, you don't really play baseball or basketball or football, like on, on remote sessions together. So it's uh, well, you can in video games, but um, I, that really like, like builds me up and gives me a lot of energy, like in person, like group work like that. So um, one, I'm excited to see, you know, as we explore that and we're going to take our time, we're in no rush. Uh, one thing yeah. that we have learned is we can be effective remote and we're doing a great job and we're excellent at that. Um, but it does excite me you know it's going back to the the good old days where we're all you know in the in the office together and it's you know those we had a lot of great memories you know all being together so uh we'll get there again um and so that that immediately that's that's what excites me um and just yeah seeing how we adapt with the you know the, the crazy supply that's going on um it's you know one thing it's like a little scary but on the same time it's like exciting too because um like the architecture that's coming out is very promising and like always can turn your head and you can get excited about very easy um so as long as you know that that stuff still excites us too you know we're patient and we wait our turn you know when it trinkles down to support and like hey you guys look on look look out for this um you know that, that's still exciting too so we just kind of be patient about it and wait for our turn and when we can get supply of it is going to be a big big coming this year so yeah that's been that has been an interesting issue supply because like it's it's one of those it's just another one of those things where like the general public only sees like maybe 10 percent of the real problem where it's not just that there aren't enough they aren't manufacturing enough it's also that like they can only ship so many across the ocean uh, at any one time they dry docked a bunch of barge ships and stuff like container ships and things are are out of commission like and it's and and i feel i feel i feel kind of bad for everybody along the chain all the way from the retail person you know best buy all the way back to the to the poor folk who are in the factories trying the best they can it's it's rough yeah it's like no one is everyone is at like a disadvantage and it's not there's no like bright spots along the chain as it comes down to like the consumer yeah. or the user at the end of the day it's yeah it's just kind of rough for everybody so yeah yeah it's, it is rough um oh here's here's kind of an interesting oh kelly says i miss sales and support popping into labs oh <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm I'm actually going to combine two two questions. Geronimo eighteen ten asked, uh, "What do you think is better to use, uh, Intel or or Ryzen?" Um, I'm paraphrasing, but then also Tech Warner asks, "Intel versus Ryzen for machine learning in the long run and future?" Yeah, I I'd always defer to you know the testing and the, the consultants and what they're putting out. Um, right now, I know we've converted a lot to AMD right now. It's because that's had the better, you know, that's had the better performance without, you know, a loss of stability for the most part. We have seen an, a slight uptick um, in some stability numbers, but nothing to like really change like the performance out, outweighs, you know, any any stability concerns so far. So nice, nice. Um, it's, yeah, I, I 
right now, like AMD is paving the way, um, but you know, don't take my word for it. I'm not the expert in that area, um, but our consultants and our marketing team and our labs team, like they provide that great information to, to steer you those directions. When you say stability issues, what do you, what do you mean by that? We've had, and it's nothing. Yeah. I guess I probably should elaborate on that. It's like a, a percent more failure uh, specifically mm-hmm. on CPUs is where we've seen it um, a little bit. So um, it's nothing, honestly, the Intel's uh, failure rates for Prox have been like fantastic for us for a long time. So, you know, we're going to have some, some growing pains as we mm-hmm. start to move over. Um, but there just seems to be a couple more quirks with AMD. Like we're needing some BIOS updates right in the field early on. But mm-hmm. uh, as things level out though, they, you know, the stability, the performance is, is just fine. And it's, and it's out right. of if we're Intel's at. So, so w- when you say stability, are we talking like crash complete, like re- reset, complete shutdown sort of? Yeah, like, like part failures. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, okay. So major issues, but wow. major failures, but. Man, dead, dead, like dead and dying procs out in the field. Uh, obviously a small percentage of yeah, what we would it, be carrying them. It's hardware, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, never can move completely away from it. But right. you know, our our stability numbers are you know I think Matt typically does a uh, a report with that every yeah he every I th- I think we didn't get one at the end of last year the yeah. the most uh what is it I can't, the uh, what does he call it the like the the most reliable hardware yeah articles yeah we gotta we gotta get Matt on that where Q one is over yeah, we need and, that. <laughs> um, all right, so we are just over our hour. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention or, or point out or anything? Shout, say hey. Hey, shout outs. Uh, no, not particularly. Like this, this was great. I really enjoyed doing this. Hopefully, you know, this information yeah. is, is helpful too and just yeah. provide some transparency about around our department. Mm-hmm. Um, one day we'll, you know, hopefully we turn on kind of like in-person tours again to our, our building and, you know, you'll be able to see our department, check out our production process. Like, um, that's always really exciting to see. So maybe we'll do that again, or maybe we just need to do another like virtual tour or something. Of yeah. It. And maybe see some like live support calls or consulting and stuff like that. Cause it's, oh. you know, we got a special thing here. So, yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, I guess, okay. Then we'll say, we'll say goodbye. Thank you again, Ben, for taking time out of the day to join us on our live Q and a show. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, right on. And uh, as well, thank you to the audience for joining us. We do this every Friday now uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific, and we have a variety of of content coming through. Um, we have the labs um, individually, members of the labs team, consultant support, and um, outside experts as well. So um, tune into that every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.